0: I'm just trying to make it right, these people won't let me go. I'm just trying to live my life, I just need space to grow. I'm just trying to make it right, these people won't let me go.
1: Let me grow, let me go, let me grow, let me go.
0: They should know, they should know, they should know, they should know. I'm just trying to live my life. Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll get into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Kelsey the Hitch Hitchingham. Woo! <laughs> Kelsey, whose is she her pronouns, has dedicated her life and career to uplifting nonprofits. She originally wanted to be a chef and started working in restaurants at 16 until she left the industry and moved to community organizations in her early 20s. In 2009, Kelsey moved to Austin from South Florida and worked at Foundation Communities, where she completed her BA in economics at the University of Texas at Austin. After spending a semester studying abroad in Paris, Kelsey graduated and joined a global environmental nonprofit where she worked until 2018. In February 2019, Kelsey launched the Hitchingham Group Consulting Company to help local nonprofits form and scale in Austin in order to meet the needs of local citizens. Kelsey completed the new Leaders Council Fellowship in 2018, which she credits with helping her find her leadership voice and introduced her to a network of lifelong friends and colleagues who share the Goal of creating progressive change in Austin. She is now co director of the New Leaders Council Austin chapter, sits on the board of directors of Austin Young Chamber and Low Star Victims Advocacy Project, and chairs the Young Chamber's Economic Development Committee. In February of this year, Kelsey launched Engaging Austin, a podcast dedicated to sharing the work of Austin's nonprofit and civic engagement leaders. When not working, Kelsey can be found cooking for her friends, sharing a bottle of rosé on a patio in East Austin, or catching up on celebrity gossip. Hitch! Also, we can't go outside. Outside is closed right now. <laughs> it, it is everything is it,
1: everything is closed.
0: Everything What's is up, Brianna? You know, just living. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. I feel like we I'm, talk all day, every day, so it it's just makes true. sense. <laughs> I mean, group chat starts at 7 a.m., um, I have been
1: so excited to be on your show since I think you sent out the uh, the initial email about it in October. So I've been waiting patiently.
0: I'm so Six excited Six months to you I've been on. waiting for this moment. Listen, I, I'm <laughs> waiting to be on your show now too. I'm like, I have to get in line. You're out here interviewing all these fancy people in Austin. I'm like, well.
1: Well, you are a fancy
0: person in Austin. Your name oh comes up all the time. So it's just, That's it's just. Too much pressure. Here we are. <laughs> Yeah, so you and I met last year, which Uh I think is insane. Like, I feel like I've known you forever.
1: You are woven into the fabric of my life, period. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we aren't kidding. We talk literally all time. seriously. <laughs> like
1: I'm gonna cry like a half a dozen times during this podcast.
0: It's fine. Tears are yeah. welcome in the time of quarantine. There's no <laughs> rules here. Um, so Kelsey and I met 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 in 2019. I'm hitch on the brain. Nineteen. Um, I was doing NLC last year. Um, so Kelsey was the boarder the co-director last year, and then. Mm-hmm. When the spot opened up to be co-directors with you, I originally applied for fundraising, and then you more or less volunteered me, and then I would be moving. into Yeah, a I, I
1: passed along the tradition of taking the fundraising chairs and moving them into the co-director position. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um. So that was like in June or July, mm-hmm. and then we went to Des Moines, and that like <laughs> really solidified everything. <laughs> and for those of you who are like, "What's Des Moines?" It's Des Moines, Iowa. But until you're drunk at Fong's two days in a row. You cannot tell me it's not Des Moines. Yeah, you may go
1: to Des Moines. We go to Des Moines. Also, shout out to Fong's. Oh, Fong's. Seriously, Fong's, if you're listening, franchise in Austin, give us a call. Yeah. We'll swear. run it. We'll run it yeah. for you. We'll, we, well, ha- we, both have re- there. we both have
0: restaurant experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. do front of house. Kelsey can run back of house. We'll make it yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. Fong's, we- we're not kidding. Like, we oh, talked to the hand, guy like, at the office. Bible, we I yeah. can lock down financing tomorrow if we need to yeah. make this happen. I will find a building. Like, I will do reach. I will look at real estate. I will do the whole thing. Listen, we could use the lift in the car. Right now, and awesome, yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine Fong's take? Well, they did do the takeout, right? Don't they? Yeah, Are they they doing have takeout. The- yeah, yeah. Also, for y'all, li- just Google Fong's Des Moines and it just is. look at it. It is a tiki bar that serves pizza, and everyone's like, That's weird. I'm like, No, it's no, genius. No. You get a free slice of pizza during happy hour if you buy a five dollar tiki drink. Yeah, yeah, let that sink in. A five dollar tiki drink, free slice of, slice of pizza.
1: Yeah, and you're gonna want more than one tiki drink. Ergo the pizza. You just keep getting fed pizza.
0: Yeah. And we were like we were there for three days and we went two days in a row. So that shouldn't And multiple times. We went no we went we went no 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 we went twice in one day. And then and we, then, then we, we <laughs> <laughs> I know what I was <laughs> And we tried to go before we left for the airport, but we left at six AM and they weren't open totally I, Fongs. we love you this is oh, not we weren't ad. ready for we just, fongs we just literally we yeah. talk about it still we follow you on instagram like it is a whole We thing. still
1: shared like all the posts that they that they put up it's like
0: people oh, God, who God. live in des moines you better go to fongs every day for me if you don't know what you have then give them to us again there's plenty of real estate in, in yeah. austin we'll take we'll it franchise it we'll do it we, oh yeah.
1: yeah yeah moment moment of reverie So yeah. So that's how, that's how we solidified our, our relationship. Yeah.
0: Um, And it's been great. I feel like a lot has happened in the last almost year.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, and, and like not to, not to be too sappy, but honestly it was that trip to Des Moines with you and Megan that um, changed a whole lot of perspective in my life. You know, I mean, just seeing the absolute joy that we could share and, the openness and the vulnerability, and like a total lack of judgment, I was like, and I have wonderful, amazing female friends and people that I've known for you know sure. most of my life. But it was there was just something so magical about. that I think time it's because we, we really together. started
0: as, as strangers. Like we had, yes. yeah. we had never met. I had never met Megan mm-hmm. until that mm-hmm. trip. Um, Megan had just joined our board. Yeah, and then you and I had like only like talked in passing. And then like when me taking over uh, the duties from uh, Christian, Christian. but that wasn't like, it wasn't like a real deep thing like we had Mm -hmm. until like three days in a room (laughs) in this like convention where it's- Lots of alcohol and uh, lots of things going on and- also shout out to nlc convention because yeah that three-day nerd fest of political millennials who are just like in it and get it and Mm -hmm. also i feel like all of us are just like models waiting to happen i feel like everyone is really attractive and it's (laughs) just anyway uh, but then like also like the people in the room like uh mandela barnes from wisconsin the lieutenant Mm. governor who we love um Mm cory booker julian castro mayor mayo mayor pete um (laughs) as y'all know i'm very anti-pete um Um, and i would just
1: like to take credit for coining the phrase mayor Man."
0: so when you ever said he reminds you of the dusty (laughs) candle the the dusty unlit candle in the guest bathroom bathroom. still laughing about it i can't um and then like that brings up a good like i feel like that transitions greatly into our point too. like we're talking about like pushing through finding the reason like to keep going on really like taking your failures and turning it into successes. Cause I, I currently feel like the democratic party failed me. (laughs) I have been very anti Joe Biden for years. Like I still haven't forgiven him for the Anita Hill bullshit. Mm. Um, And then to think about how diverse Clarence Thomas. I said what I said. I
1: know. And I'm saying I'm, I'm underscoring what it is that like, this is, this is not a good thing that he's our nominee.
0: Honestly, yeah, I just—I'm
1: glad Barry liked him, but you know what? He's still,
0: Barry, yeah. Barry isn't perfect. Michelle is high. True. Barry has—he's still Barry. Um, but yeah, like that of like how diverse this pool of nominees were, and we still end up with two white men as the final two, and now Bernie stopped, and so we have Joe. Did you know Bernie is still paying his um
1: uh, employees' health care through November?
0: I did not know that.
1: I know that Bernie is an old white guy, but Bernie Thanks, still has the chops, you know. I and mean, yeah. he's got he's he's been an ally. He's been at the front lines for you know, decades. And right. uh, Biden doesn't like to get his hands dirty. I think he likes to stand in the same room that work is mm-hmm. being done, and he doesn't necessarily want to lend his voice to it.
0: Biden is the person you'd get. Uh- told you're doing a project with and then you do all the work and he just shows up and tries to present and you're like what are you doing
1: and he smiles his winning smile and the yeah. teacher's like "Ooh, a plus
0: yeah i mean i i think we're all if you're a democrat you're kind of you were in this mindset of like blue no matter who this year but yeah. also it's just like really like
1: we're really testing the limits on how much we're gonna take that you yeah. know i mean i i will i will do everything i can in my power to make sure that trump is not reelected. Um, if I have to catch COVID and go cough it in that man's face, I will do it for my people. But- Such a giver. Bernie <laughs> so, so better- nice. Not Bernie. Biden better make a s- solid VP pick, and he better have a, f- a- Can I cuss? Can I swear on this? Absolutely. He better have a fucking pandemic plan in place day one. He better yeah. start reversing all those executive orders. He better s- get those kids out of cages. He better do some shit in the first 30 days- unprecedented in our you know in 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 president's past otherwise he's gonna he's just gonna lose it yeah you know he's gonna lose the support immediately yeah he better have he better have his supreme court nominees locked down
0: day one i want his whole like roster of people before anything happens he needs to vet vet it through everybody you know absolutely someone Um, i can't remember who it was right now it's slipping my mind but someone um the other day was telling him like you need to pick a woman (laughs) or a person of color or what have you as your VP and I'm like I agree like if we want to think of Joe as like as sorry as the new as the nominee right now and like think back to like when Barack picked him like I think Barry was like very much like I had to be a little bit more palatable and having Joe makes that for me and I think Joe needs to take that into account right now as well
1: he needs to do the opposite, right? Because Barack needed him to be more mainstream and to, you know, mm. keep like the old sort of like moderate Democrats being like, Well, I don't know about this, mm-hmm. but it's the same party. You know, and he needs to do the exact opposite. He and I've been I've been saying from the very beginning Biden's gonna get the nomination. I knew in my heart that it was gonna happen and it sucks and I don't like it, but you know, he he will in fact he's gonna pull the Democrats, he's gonna pull the Never Trumpers, he's gonna pull, I think, the moderate republicans who hate trump and hopefully he's going to bring in the progressives who know that this is just this is the last gasp of that generation before we can really start getting better Absolutely. blood in into the mix right i mean yeah. even if we're not going to get a millennial who's running for president you know there are good gen xers in the world right <laughs> you know i mean there, there are plenty of people who are becoming more and more progressive and it's just it's squeezing that generation out in a way and so i think this is just going to be the swan song of the boomers who are trying to con- you know control the white house yeah i hope knock wood
0: Knockin wood i think we also just picked your conversation our conversation for when i'm on engaging austin Ooh, <laughs> i love it yeah cause i could talk about this shit all day and how uh, oh, the palatability seriously? of of candidates because yeah Whew, Chile. But today's topic, <laughs> y'all are welcome, that whole tangent about politics. It's been, listen, listen. This is, we we do this
1: stuff even when we're not recording. Yeah. So. That,
0: that would have happened regardless.
1: That's uh, why I started my podcast is because I figured somebody <laughs> should just hear me talk to myself.
0: I, I'm a big fan. Again, I will be sure to link Kelsey's <laughs> uh, podcast in the show notes today. Um, but yeah, today you want to talk about like finding your voice, stepping into power, and dealing with failure and resiliency. Um, So we'll talk about that right after this break. Welcome back. Kelsey and I are going to jump into this topic since y'all had to listen to our political conversation first. Now we're going to get into the real nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Um, So what made you pick this topic, first of all? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I, you know, especially when I signed up for your podcast October, right, six Mm -hmm. months ago, (laughs) uh, I was experiencing a lot of life changes and was, you know, living through the consequences of having not set some serious boundaries in my life for a couple of years. And um, the reason I didn't set those boundaries was because I had experienced what I consider to be some of the, the, the most profound personal and professional failures of my life. And it blew me so far off course that um, I just kind of laid down for a while. You know, I was like, I can't do this. And I'm just going to let the world take me where it needs to, you know? And uh, that was, um, I don't want to use the word mistake, but that was definitely an incredibly painful learning experience for me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in a a significantly better place now, obviously six months later, not obviously, but, you know, being six months later and having a fantastic community, I count, you know, you and my gratitude list daily, um, great therapist, you know, lots of great opportunities that have come my way. But, um, you know, I, I, think that I've, in the scope of my life, I have often moved away from challenging opportunities because I was afraid of failure right mm-hmm. and and more importantly i've i've been afraid to show up even to, to have the opportunity to to get those opportunities because i didn't feel like i was like worthy of being in the room you know yeah so especially you know in in considering the time that i wrote those things down it was very top of mind and you know i feel i feel significantly more healed right um and then just living a completely different life at this point gratefully but um you know i'm always it's always humbling to remember what that felt like.
0: Where you are, yeah. yeah. That that note of like afraid of failure and like how many people don't do things or avoid things just because of that fear, right? Yeah. Like, I would rather coast by and just keep the status quo, like never try to stretch outside of what I know I'm going to be good at, mm-hmm. if it means I never have to fail. And when you and I were talking about this like offline of like you had asked me like how do how do I get so many things done like what keeps me pressing on and having 17 million projects at all times um Mm -hmm. and it's just I grew up very religious and so we have always I was always taught to like that every thing that happens teaches you a lesson if it is Mm -hmm. successful if it is a failure if it goes really well or like ends poorly you have learned something from that so I think growing up and like now moving into my professional life like I have really been welcoming to the fact of like when I fall short or when I fail or when something doesn't turn out how it was how I wanted it to and how I have learned to like shift all that of like like educational moments like there's been, there have been times like I was supposed to reach a fundraising goal or like I was meant to like send this email, like didn't do it. And like learning to grow from that. But I feel like a lot of people don't see failure as life lessons. I think they see it as you, you aren't good enough. Like it's this very personal thing of like, it kind of discounts you versus like, it was just something that didn't line up for you that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely had a different upbringing, you know? Um, I grew up in a house that had a lot of chaos in it. Um, I grew up in a kind of a chaotic environment. You know, my my parents divorced when I was young, and it took my mom a really long time to not be – to to find her grace in her world, you know. And she and I are great now, and we have a fantastic relationship. But things weren't good when I was growing up, and I was constantly – being told that I was a failure and alternately being told that I was, you know, I was a, I was a gifted kid. And so I had this, you know, I had this, this push pull thing coming at me a lot. Right. And I was punished tremendously for any kind of, um, you know, particularly academic failure that I oh, had. Wow. Right. I mean, like grounding, I, you know, I, I got, I got, you know. I got trigger, right? Like child abuse, but I got beaten with a belt when I brought home bad grades, you know, I mean, there was all kinds of like really terrible stuff. And, you know, in, in my maternal household, cause my parents divorced. Um, and it was, it, it ingrained in me a lot of just garbage. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it was, I know that I'm gifted. I know that I'm talented, but if I fall short of this and I deserve punishment period. Mm. Right. And so that fear of failure has, has been my shadow, um, you know, since I was a kid and, um, that's, it's a hard thing to shake, you know? I mean, I, I wasn't given a whole lot of wiggle room to, to learn lessons and to fail and to figure it out myself. And the lesson, the biggest takeaway that I, that I had from all of that when I was, you know, 18 and moving out on my own was, i don 't need you guys in my life no. i don 't need anybody else putting pressure on me, putting expectations on me. I know that i 'm good, but you 've given me this 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 voice inside that says i 'm not and If I just stay away from you and do my own thing and point myself in the direction that I want to go in i 'm going to be fine right. and I, you know and I do trust myself significantly, but there 's still that damn voice that is just thankfully especially with the work of an incredible therapist shout out to therapy shout out to therapy um, you know I'm able to deflate that significantly and to and to divorce it from my sense of worth and you know to really kind of lessen the sense of shame that I get when I don't know how to do something because it spirals out greatly with me
0: yeah I want to touch on that point of just like I was listening to something last week about how like how your parents talk to you turns into your inner voice and how long that (laughs) follows you right like it's that thing of like I was talking to a friend just before I called you for this of like how like when I'm now that I'm like considering starting to date again that's a whole different episode but what I am looking for in a partner and I have said this of like I want someone who's going to help end generational trauma. Like, I want to be a parent that my kid feels like they can tell me anything, that I'm never going to make them feel like they are stupid or incompetent or, like, that their failures equate to, like, they are a failure. So, like, hearing you say that of, like, you carrying this with you for so long and, like, like you said, thank goodness for therapy, but how, like, with us, like, there's – not to make excuses for parents, but there's no – Playbook, like how to do things, but it's yeah. just how interesting life everyone's life turns out because we are raised so differently by such different people. and you know, I was talking to a friend today about um my ability to like separate people from the connection that I have with them. like mm-hmm. I stopped talking to my dad when I was eighteen, and I think a lot of people, I mean, we're like trying right now to like rebuild a relationship. Um, but a lot of people ask me when I was younger, like, how did you do that? Like, how do you set this boundary with your family? And I'm like, I don't think people understand that your parents are people mm-hmm. and all people have the capacity to be garbage. <laughs> and we are told our whole lives, like to respect your parents, respect the people who are you, blah, blah, blah. But it comes down to respecting yourself and knowing that you have every right to cut out people in your life who who treat you as though you are less than or that you yeah. aren't good enough or that you are a failure like you don't have to keep people in your life just because you've known them for x amount of year or because you're mm-hmm. related like everyone has the capacity to be awful yeah. <laughs> and so like growing up I mean specifically in like black families like it's very much like respect your mother and your father what they say is rule and like I've said this before in other episodes of like I said to my dad one day, I'm like, I am your child, but I am not a child anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, really owning that back in. So, like, when you're saying that, like, when you left, of like, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And I think that those conversations we have more and more with people in our lives of like, I will be okay with or without you, but I just want you to hear what I am saying. And like, you are bringing this negativity into my life that I don't need that I'm just trying to do my best and make it every single day Mm -hmm. but you sitting here and saying this to me is not helping and so I need to set this boundary with you and put myself first and learn to trust myself and know that I'm going to be successful but that might mean like me not talking to you or like me putting myself first or or taking the space so yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean I you know I'm 36 years old, I've never been married. I've never had children. I've never really had a desire to to find that because I just never felt like I was going to be a good mother because mm. I was really afraid of passing along these like really harsh expectations that I have on myself. Mm. Um, and I never believed that I would be able to find a partner who wouldn't somehow drag me down and you know i i was able to to start putting names to how to what that mean you know, to to that feeling right because mm-hmm. it was just like i don't need it i don't need it i need it but mm-hmm. really what it meant was self
0: preservation
1: you know, it's self preservation it's worth it's shame it's all of that stuff and it's only been really in the last couple of months that i've been able to start start identifying that and being like you know I will be a damn good mom, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll make a damn good wife to whatever lucky bastard, you know, puts a ring on it. Right. right.
0: Yeah. But,
1: um, yeah. Cause I, I have been really afraid of passing along that, that pain that I endured, you know, and there's, and, and you never know if it's, if what you're doing is the right thing, like you said, right. because you know, my, my mom and at the time her husband erred on the side of, um, no leniency, right? And my dad uh, leaned on the on the side of do whatever you want, kid. You know, just don't get caught. And so, you know, to bounce back and forth. I mean, I think that it's very evident in my personality <laughs> that I've got a whole lot of like no boundaries and a whole lot of this is the way that it needs to be. And um, I I just don't know how I'm gonna handle the unknowns of being you know marriage and having children. Yeah. but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to work through it at this point, which is a huge step compared to where I, I have been in the past.
0: Yeah. I was just, that re- That resonates so much. I, the other day was thinking about this. I've been trying to take this time in quarantine to recenter myself. <laughs> um, and thinking, like I said, of thinking of what I want in a partner. And for a long time, I never saw myself being someone's long-term partner. I have never had a relationship that's lasted more than like six months. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly out of self-preservation, because, like, if I leave first, you can't hurt me. Um, Girl, I feel like and, and, like, having lost my mom at 15, and my dad and I stopped talking at 18, like, the people who were built in supposed to love me mm-hmm. essentially both left me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've always seen myself as a parent, because, like, my mom was, like, she walked – if you ask me, she walked on the water. Like, she was great. Like, I have seen what good motherhood looks like, mm-hmm. her and the women who stepped in to raise me after she passed. So, like, I – feel like in my bones I am meant to be a mom and someday I will be and that's that's I that's beautiful and I'm excited for that but I have never seen myself as someone's partner because I equate both of my parents not being in my life that I am not worthy of long-term love which I mean we know is not true because thanks therapy um But just, like, that that self-preservation of, like, you can't miss what you don't want, right? Like, if I keep telling myself, like, I'm not ever going to be someone's long-term partner. So if it never happens, I won't miss it. I won't be sad about it. But Mm -hmm. I've realized it's just been (laughs) avoidance behavior. Uh, And really trying to sit with that in this time right now of, like, today I, like, cried because, like, I missed my ex-boyfriend. And then I talked to this person I I used to do. And, like, we are now friends. And, like, just trying to prove myself that like I don't always have to be the one that's strong and have and has things together and I think a lot of people who see women who are like doing a lot of great work as they have it all together like their life is perfect and I tell people that like I'm trying to be more vulnerable and a lot more things that I post on social media because I feel like it's very like highlight reels and like that's where a lot of like conversation happens right now is via social media or like now with being in quarantine is like you have to be intentional about your Your connection with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have for a long time felt like that social media was the highlight reel, and I don't want that all to be it. Like, I want, I have been trying to quote unquote curate my stuff that I post of like being very vulnerable, like, this is what's going good. This is also shit that's really bad. And like, I want to build community around like that level of vulnerability. And that's why I started this show of like having hard, difficult, uncomfortable conversations around vulnerability and honesty and just being human. Um, and being like I'm doing well in like professional and personal life stuff but like romantic like I a friend of mine was like there's always like three things you're like there's the juggle like there's personal professional romantic mm-hmm. and like two of the three are always going really well like there's always one that's like falling off So like professionally <laughs> I'm doing well um, all like the stuff and like the things I want to do like my connections with people all that's going off but romantically it's like awful i hate the apps i still hate the apps Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've been doing this podcast since october and like screaming it from the rooftops i hate dating apps i hate how um not vapid that's not the word um it's disposable you know yeah i I feel like it's very i I can't think of the word it's it's gamified right it's it's very like literally just level yeah like yeah it's, yep. it's just like not really looking for human connection. What did I say earlier? I'm like losing it. This is what happens when you're, you turn 30. Turn 30. Superficial. There it is. I feel yeah. like it's all superficial and just like, well,
1: I, I, I have a couple of thoughts about of, that, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, so I think that it's incredibly superficial because most people are not in touch with their own vulnerability, Right. Preach. And I think that, and that, that comes for a million reasons that we can do a deep dive into, you know, on part three of the Tea with Brie. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think from my perspective, I've always considered vulnerability to, to be my greatest strength. Right. And mm. sometimes to a fault, you know, I mean, like I will walk up to people and be like, hello, I am in enormous emotional pain right now. <laughs> um, can you be my friend, please? Which yeah. is exactly what I did when I moved to Austin because I lost, you know, I, I'd, I'd gone through a really tough breakup um i moved to austin i didn't have a job i didn't know anybody my parents had just moved to buda so i moved in at 26 years old moved in with my parents which was a disastrous idea um love them but you know like wasn't
0: wasn't the good choice do, for you. do you
1: remember the first six months that you were in austin because i don't because i was drunk the entire time so it's like i had a great time but go ahead <laughs> i did and i see that i have the pictures to prove it um <laughs> if you're new to austin don't join kickball um hot take hot take uh we can we can talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) the tea with brie after dark um you know but but i i really was like i was so i was in so much pain and i needed to i needed to heal it i needed to get it out i needed to connect with people and i was i was like hey i just moved here going a little crazy i don't know what i'm doing with my life can we hang out? Yeah. And, and that model worked for me. I'm still good friends with a lot of pe- the people that I first met, but it was also probably a little bit too like expose the wound. Right. Mm. Um, but I still believe that <clears throat> my ability to be emotionally aware and express exactly how I'm feeling is probably one of my greatest strengths. And I like to use social media as a way to, to, really expose that a lot you know i mean i like to talk about gratitude i like to talk about fear I like you know i mean you know you you see you, you see my yeah. stuff all the time it's like it's this mix of like let's be funny but let's be real but i i feel like i need people to know exactly who i am in order to maintain that connection with people
0: yeah you know yeah and i think and, it's this thing too of like i get how mm, Social media has been great to making human connection, right? Like it's giving us, giving us space to do that. But then also it's like, what are you using with that space that's not created? Like you're saying, like, are you using it to actually connect? Or are you just using it to quote unquote glow mm-hmm. or just like show how great things are? So like, I think of that too all the time of like, how are we using the spaces that we have to make mm-hmm. connection and show how to step into our power and our space and our vulnerability, like giving other people the kind of green light to do the same, right? Like there mm-hmm. are so many different ways to connect with people. Like I'm actually doing a FaceTime with this girl who's been following me on Instagram for a while and I oh, followed I her back, but we've never met yeah so I was like let's just like chat like we Mm -hmm. literally have nothing to do we're in quarantine we're not going anywhere (laughs) I don't know about you but I'm busy as shit right now so (laughs) I'm I'm busy but it's also like I can make time like I'm not physically in the car going anywhere driving like yeah I can use that time to do some human connection do some meditation some gratefulness practices like there's there's time right now to do everything you want to do and do nothing of what you want to do right there there, there are no rules here like three I was making a point today. Of like, I feel like a lot of people are saying, like, if you're not using this time wisely, then you're lazy. I'm like, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Thing. Let's walk that back. <laughs> yeah, i like, yeah. there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. That there, like- yeah. So I. I want to give people that space like, it is okay if you do nothing, if, if you do, do everything, if you talk to everyone and no one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much stuff going on right now. But with me right now, I'm trying to use it to be, one of my things this year is to be more intentional with human connection. Mm-hmm. So I'm also saying like the universe is like, okay, girl, you want a time to connect? <laughs> Here's all Isn't the time in the world because you have to sit still now. So, yeah. And learning how to sit still. Mm-hmm. Whew. That has been a huge one for me of just, like, not getting in the car, doing all these things with all these people, like, setting the tone of just, like, learning to be like, hey, I would love to talk to you today, but I was on a Zoom call for work for four hours, so if we Mm -hmm. can reschedule to another time, like, learning, relearning healthy boundaries, learning Mm -hmm. how to say no, um, learning how to really reevaluate things that are, like, utmost importance in that moment, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, just...
1: Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely agree, and I think for me, you know, I I was doing some writing, I don't know, this week, last week, four years ago, whenever it was, um, that I, you know, checking. Fully, my privilege in, in being able to say this, that I am really thriving, you know, mentally, and I, I am doing all the things that I want to do.
0: You know, today, same. for
1: example, was a was a big struggle with energy and being motivated, but I'm still present and I'm still doing. You know, I'm still, you know, for me, it's checking the boxes, right? Like if I check the boxes, then then I'm going to be okay tomorrow. But you know, I recognize that the the noise of Austin and of ke- keeping up with the world is something that causes me a huge amount of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I am an introvert and I don't want to leave my house. Like if I could, if I could drink over zoom with my friends 75% of the time, I would always show up. And you, you
0: know, I mean, I'm sure I did not think you're an introvert.
1: I, Oh girl, I am. I do not like leaving my house. And, um, you know, I have everything I need right here <laughs> for a reason, because I don't yeah. fucking want to leave my fucking house. Um, but to, to not have just the constant, like, expectation feels like a heavy word, but there Mm -hmm. is a lot of, you know, and and this is said with no sense of, of, uh, gloating or anything, but like, there are a lot of people who like want my time and there are people that I love and care about and want to share time with, but that's a lot of energy for me to expend. Mm -hmm. And, um, so to be able to like have to share myself with somebody else, but also maintain some of this like homesteadedness. Yeah. I'm really feeling it
0: yeah i mean you you and i've talked about this like i'm again checking my privilege i'm doing really well right now like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of projects i've been finishing there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things i've been wanting to do that i'm finally having the time fire as fuck for the record so doing a lot of skin routine drinking a lot of water (laughs) um but yeah just that's been the biggest thing for me like refinding the time to take care of myself because i realized i wasn't doing that like I was doing so many things that brought me joy, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. It's like that reset of like, you're going to work out four days a week because mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere anyway. Might as well do something while you're home. Mm-hmm. You're going to not binge shows during the week, which has been mm-hmm. a real big one for me. I haven't watched hardly any Netflix. since. Aside the from Tiger out. King? Aside
1: from Tiger King and... I've been keeping up on The Walking Dead, but other than that, I do not
0: sit on the couch and watch TV at night anymore. No, nope, Aside from Tiger King and maybe like some Kardashians last week, just like I needed background noise. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, like I haven't been like really watching TV. Oh, and I watched Star Wars, like three Star Wars movies on Saturday. because I was like, I need just to do nothing. Um, but yeah, aside from that, like doing a lot of projects I've been wanting to do, trying to still keep, maintain some normalcy and schedule. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like mostly like really taking this time to really hone in on what is important and, and that's my mental and physical health connection connection connection, <laughs> connection with people thank you sean connery yeah, <laughs> uh, with people and making sure i'm really intentional there um and then yeah just like being op- and trying to be less type a and trying to be a little bit more type b which is difficult because i am very much like schedule is this we need to do this keeping yeah. everything in line,
1: blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People um, like you give people make, like me total anxiety. I'm like, uh, eh, we can schedule it, but we can figure it out later.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> I a calendar said- girl. <laughs> if it is not on my calendar, it does not exist. And it's not me being bougie. I'm kind of like, I have to schedule hangout with you. I'm like, yes. Cause if you don't like, again, oh, I same know. thing. Like if I, I'm not trying to be that person. I have access I've, to your calendar. I know. I see. I it. have a lot of <laughs> things to do and I want to schedule time with you and I want it to be not rushed I wanted to be able to like not have to keep like looking at my watch like I want to be in that moment So like I have to schedule it so mm-hmm. my kink is canceling meetings so <laughs> I'm done I don't with get you. it <laughs> I'm done with you oh my god I mean same I hate meetings but like let's hang out all the time people let's mm-hmm. go to Des Moines every weekend honestly I, I mean I don't like Iowa that much I mean, it's cold there. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? Like, I think also like with the two of us, like, kind of transitioning to like how we really like connected the last, like being co-directors and new leaders council together. Like that, I think we balance each other really well. Yeah. But then also like knowing how much like our whole board is all women, and how powerful that has been to work Mm -hmm. in tandem with what there's 10 of us on the board give or take 11 yeah and just being like everyone showing up doing what they have to do making sure we like nlc awesome is a well-oiled machine and then hearing how well we're doing like nationwide and in like not comparison but like in tandem with the other nlcs of just like Mm -hmm. all all of nlc and all the people who are in those positions of like doing really well but particularly our group of just like and you said like it's just different energy this year we have a lot of new people on our board and just anytime someone shows up a hundred percent I am just like thank you so much because I know it's there's so many like you're saying so many constant things feeding in but yeah like just being with women on this board and I was talking to a friend about it today of like I'm having a lot of difficulty in my job right now because I have had the privilege of working with predominantly women people Mm -hmm. of color or queer people and at Mm -hmm. my new job it is predominantly cis hetero white men Mm -hmm. and I still trying to figure out like what that looks like for me right like I've had the privilege of like being in a group of people who were other but we have been the normalcy we have we had turned Mm -hmm. into the expected Mm -hmm. Um, so like now being the one of only two visible people of color at my organization has been super hard but Yeah, just, like, thinking about women showing up and running shit is just – that's my kink, honestly. (laughs) I
1: love that. Uh, I do want to say, though, that, like, I think that you have done an incredible job advocating for yourself. And I know that it it, it is emotionally exhausting. And the amount of labor that you have have shouldered in making sure that you are heard and seen and respected and valued and paid is – you know, is commendable. And every time I see a text come through about what you've done, I just like want to stand up and applaud you because, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it is absolutely disheartening to see a friend who isn't given what she's worth, particularly, you know, a woman of color who it's like, okay, here's the fucking narrative again, Right. right? Like you guys, we keep fucking doing this. Just, just stop, you know? And, um, I, I know what I'm saying, but, you know, the fact that you continue to push forward and to never diminish your own worth, I think is, um, you know, one of the, one of the, the most inspiring things about you on the Thank list you. of a hundred. Oh. So, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also y'all, if your friends don't cheer for you, they're not your friends. Hot take, but I'm going to If say
1: your it. friends
0: don't gas you up the way Brie and I sit and talk
1: to each other, like we're about to make out, then you need better friends.
0: If your friends <laughs> If you have to question if your friends are in love or not, they're not. Your <laughs> if, if your friends are like
1: really cl- getting close to crossing a line and you don't know if they're going to propose in person, then like, you're yeah. not your friend. Not, they're not your friends. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. You're not. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't see yourself co-parenting with your friends, they're not your friends. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> actually that's really fucking true that's so fucking true it like, takes a village
0: I, like if you can't it, see your friend raising anything with you business yeah. a baby an animal like if you can't see your, i got friends i won't same- go into
1: business with i that's and that's Ooh, fine interesting. And they're still my friends but yes. um but you're I saying friends that i love despite their faults you know they are people Say that, that i won't give their friends that i love despite their faults <laughs> Um, and I need, I still need them in my life. You know, they can't, they can't, you know, be there. They they can't be the 100% full on hitch compatible list.
0: Uh, I think that is a great place to take a break and we'll actually be right back. And we're back, still here with Kelsey, talking about how we're killing it in Austin. No, how we are... (laughs) I think it's a lot of, like, finding your people, too, right? Like, again, back to, like, if your friends aren't cheering you on, they're not really your friends. I have mentioned here before, like, I went through a really bad, like, friendship breakup last year. Like, I ended three really important friendships to me. um, And, again, also... Thinking about, you know, over the last like six months, how many people have left my life. And I don't, you don't remember this, but you said to me at the beginning of the year, like, this year the trash takes itself out. <laughs> and it's something I've been holding on to a lot, like, not saying that they are awful people. It was just like this thing of like trying to make sense of things I couldn't make sense of, right? Like, again, growing up really religious, um, my godfather is a pastor, as I mentioned before, like, he has said this thing of like, when things happen in your life really abruptly that are very chaotic, it's because God has been trying to remove it for a long time, but Woo! you've been holding on to Woo! it. And Woo! so this chaos is because you couldn't get out of your own way. And God was like, Listen, I got this. That is
1: the truest thing I've ever heard. And yeah. I know, and, and, you know, like given some things that, have, you know, that happened last year, that's, that's real true. That's real true.
0: And there's a who is it? There's a song by Meek Mill called Who You're Around. And the lyrics go, one night I prayed to God. I asked, could he please remove the enemies from my life? And before you know it, I started losing friends.
1: You know, one thing that I think is really interesting about my life is that I have been able to choose and find and attract some of the most amazing female friends, hands down. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't lose friends. I don't break up with friends. Like, you know, I mean, I've, I'm still close with the girl who lived down the street from me when I was seven years old. Right. Shout out to Kelly Gunda.
0: Um, I'm going to a now, friend's wedding. i knows known for that was four. So I feel you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, and I have, I, I still talk regularly. I mean, and you know how much I communicate with my friends, right. And how important it is for me to have that community. I have not made the same ideal choices in partners
0: mm-hmm. right
1: because I feel as though and we're we going back to talking about that vulnerability I can I, I think that there is it's the best way to say this less risk in becoming friends on a like, w- like female friends, right? In some way, because it's like we're uh, like, if I lost you, I would be devastated, right? Like, that would be just a terrible, like, terrible friend breakup or something like that. But when you're going into like a platonic relationship, I feel like you tend to take it more slowly than you do a romantic relationship because in a romantic relationship, you're like, oh, I gotta hold on to this moment and we, mm. you know, and I wanna fuck and I wanna, you know, like, do all these things and build this thing like immediately. And, you know, in the times that I have done that in the past with romantic relationships, you know, I don't make the best choices because I still, because then I feel as though I'm somehow intertwined with somebody and I hold a significant amount of myself back Mm. and then I'm not showing up properly. And then I'm choosing somebody that I don't necessarily, who's not going to have that expectation. Right. And so I'm basically, I'm creating a foundation on shaky ground. Whereas with my girlfriends, I'm like, we're just going to do this slow and look for the, you know, look for the green flags and keep moving forward. And um, yeah, boy, howdy, if I had some chaos where God is just like, okay, bitch, it's enough. We're done. We're done. Yeah. You know,
0: I, I last year, like sitting and like, even now, like just seeing like, I, I'm the kind of person that like, whenever I like end things like friendships, relationships, what have you, I am the kind of person that needs to get rid of everything. Like, no emails, no phone, mm-hmm. no text. Like, I have to remove everything because I'm also the person that, like, wants to keep constantly reaching out. And mm-hmm. I said it before, like, I'm the person who apologizes first just to save relationships. Even if I know I'm not wrong, but it just mm-hmm. means that we can, like, talk, move past it, put, quote-unquote, blame on someone and keep mm-hmm. this relationship together. And so I think about that, too, of, like, there's a lot of things in past friendships. And I'm in the one from last year just past friendships and relationships periods like i i have aside from the relationship i was in last fall i have never broken up with a partner i always let them break up with me whoa i've never broken up with a partner
1: i got dumped once when i was 19 by the first man that i fell in love with and i have not been dumped since
0: yeah i i I have created a wall having lost my both of my parents essentially and like wanting to not be I have always thought like I'm the reason people leave. So if I'm just like coasting by, then Mm. it's going to be fine. Like if I'm like, for a long time, like I have to constantly prove myself. I have to make up for things. Like if I'm not the thinnest, I have to be the funniest. If I'm not the prettiest, I have to be the most giving. Like there was always like this, this inner turmoil with myself of like not loving myself was what it came from. It was like, I don't think that I am enough. So I have to Do 17 million other things to make you feel like I am enough. For in turn, other people like, no, you're great. Like I don't need anything additionally from you. But it took me until I got to that place, right? Of like the last four years in Austin. Like I've been seeing a couple of people here and there. But even still, like I still am like trying to work through learning how to like end thing, end things when it's not working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you're saying, just trying to really. For me, like, really trying to learn that I can walk away and say no and it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. trying to make that space for me. Like, I think I'm very, I'm very open with anybody. Like, I am so forgiving of other people, but I beat myself up. Like, we are Mm -hmm. our own worst Mm -hmm. critic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I will, I'm working through it, but I have been known to be like, you are doing this and this and this wrong. And then, like, if my friend fucks I'm like, you know what? It was a bad day, not a bad life. Like, I Oprah everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, trash yeah. to myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, and honestly, like, your
1: Oprahing to me has given me the ability to do it to myself and to mm-hmm. extend it outward as well. And to be, like, because I, I have lived in this very, like, hardline place of, like, things need to be a certain way. And to see the way that you approach things and you approach your relationships, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't just be nice, you know? Like you, you can't just be joyful. You it's get more cool. bees with
0: honey than you do yeah. with vinegar. And I don't want any
1: bees, but I, you know, but um, you you brought up a really interesting point. Um, shit, what was it? What was I gonna say? Oh, uh, like we're talking about like like learning how to walk away, right? Learning how to set boundaries, which is something that. It has been immensely difficult for me for a long time, and 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 in you know excavating my life and figuring out where those lessons started and and going back and healing that trauma has just been a really eye opening experience, right? Um, and my therapist and I agreed that I didn't really have a great template for relationships growing up, and so that's why I've you know <laughs> oh yeah I know right? Um, and so in order to create a new template moving forward. I have homework to do when I start dating people and it's looking for red, yellow and green flags Mm -hmm. and then deeply diving into why those are red, yellow and green flags. Right. And, um, I dated a couple of people right after my breakup last fall who were like red and yellow flags all over the place. Right. But there are people that I like was super attracted to and super into and like the sex was amazing and all this stuff. But I was like, I don't like you. I was like, then let's not recreate patterns that have brought us to this point to begin with and was able to set like super clear boundaries. Like, no, I don't want to do this. Right. I don't want to do this because I want these other things in my life instead. And, um, you know, doing the – I feel like the, the more you say no to what you don't want, the less that stuff shows up in your life because you're no longer attracted to it, right? And you're putting it out there and Truth. saying, like, there's there's no room in this seat for you, yeah. right? Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to open up for what it is that I do want.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it's not magic. It's not alchemy. It's work. It's just – that's how just, just growing and being a person is. It's yeah. just literally – saying no to shit that you want to say yes to but you know that you're going to say no to it down the road and so you might as well just fucking cut it off
0: now (laughs) (laughs) i also want to go back to like the the when you're talking about like making relationships of like friendships versus like romantic relationships Mm -hmm. of like i'm still trying to work through that like i friend zone myself all of the time I never think anyone's going to be into me romantically so I'm just like everyone's a friend. I love making friendships. I'm really good at building friendships and I think mm-hmm. that's like why a lot of my relationships are so meaningful because like I take that slowness of like getting to know everyone. How do you how do you show up for as to be a friend to that person like making a good foundation in friendship, right? So like mm-hmm. the guy I was dating last fall, like I had known him for a while and he was like, I've been into you since like I first met you. I was like, I had no idea, like <laughs> went over my head. Um, <laughs> but we had been friends for a while. So like I knew him, like we had really good communication. Like it was so easy to talk to him. But I think of that too, of like, I feel like relationships, like when you're in romantic relationship, it's that, that point, I want to touch on that point of like, why are we rushing in so quickly? We have friendships that last years. Like the, like mm-hmm. I said, the person I'm going to uh his wedding freddie i've known freddie since i was four he's getting married we're now 30 so we have a 26 year old friendship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i have seen freddie we have been together since kindergarten through high school college Mm -hmm. other relationships he him living in new york me living here keeping communication open i've never physically met his fiance like her and i like now communicating via social media what have you (laughs) but building that like basis of friendship first before you date someone i think is so important but it's not talked about and then also, i was watching red table talk today because it's my favorite thing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and they were talking about that of like if you can find someone who is your best friend the best sex you've, you've ever had mm-hmm. and someone you want to share things with and that's like that's all it is when you're looking for a partner it's like now, as we move into, like, friendships and considering dating again, because we're the jury is still out, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, moving into those spaces of, like, I would rather get to know someone and keep them in a friendship lane than know nothing about you and end up as partners and just be miserable, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've learned how to be alone and happy rather than in partnership, just to be in partnership, like, I'm real, I am really good at being single and being alone, because I have a lot of, cheers to that, sister, I have a lot of friends, and I know me, and I know the bullshit I will not accept, Mm -hmm. and I think of, like, a lot of my friends who are just in a relationship, who are in relationships out of fear of being alone, or, Friends who don't know who they are outside of being in relationship. And that, to me, is terrifying. Like, that's – I have had friends who are like, I envy you and your ability to just, like, really know who you are and, like, be single and be alone. I'm like, that's –
1: We should be our own best friends. We should love each other first. That should be the standard, right? I prefer to be alone. And for me to be able to bring (laughs) other people into my life means that you are fucking awesome, Mm -hmm. right? Right, Especially like, if I let you in
0: my house and stay the night and then stay for a couple of days. Like Better feel word be. Yeah, no, I've thought yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like not I I had told myself that I'm not dating in twenty twenty. This was my epiphany the other day of sitting in meditation. You you are good at making declarations.
1: But I realized there.
0: I realized in this statement. That me saying I'm not going to date in 2020 wasn't me saying I'm going to date myself. It was me saying I'm going to stop letting people in because I'm sick of getting my heart broken and I don't Mm want to open myself back up to love, which again is just another self sabotaging thing of love that I do out Mm -hmm. of fear. Mm -hmm. So the other day I was sitting with that and and I was thinking, I was like, how dare I tell the universe what I'm going to allow into my life this year? and so now and she just, was like good i'm glad that you realized that She was like listen bitch i've been trying to do some things for you and 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 again my godfather bless him he's like he's always asking us like are you in your way are you in your own way are you blocking blessings that are meant for you out of fear and i'm like can we not
1: yeah like every time i think about something me?
0: right yeah. just just tweet at me <laughs> like, every time i think about things in my life like i am so lucky and fortunate to have had a person in my life who just gives me all this insightful information but setting me up with those tools in my life to like really sit and listen and just take a moment to be like what am I actually doing right Mm -hmm. now who who or what am I actually like keeping myself from because I am afraid of being hurt and I think a lot of that goes back to your initial thing about like failure like we will sit here and take ourselves out of the game if it means we because that means we'll never break a leg it means Mm -hmm. we won't Strike out at the mound. It means we won't, you know, yep. ruin everything. Suffer
1: humiliation or embarrass if we ourselves. Just sit or... on the
0: sidelines. We can't fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to learn things. It's hard to
1: learn lessons. It's hard to take the first step of anything, you know, because you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up. It's not gonna be pretty. It's gonna be, you know, you're gonna look look silly for a little bit, right? I mean, but. The fact is that you've, everyone everyone is a beginner at some point, you know, we have to push through that. If it's something that we really, really want to have, you know, work is hard. That's, it's hard. It's hard to do those things, but it, it becomes less, less painful when you recognize that you're doing it because you want to do it, you know? Mm -hmm
0: i also just i mean the, i i think about oh go ahead i was just gonna say i also just wanted to arrange marriage yeah i don't know why you're so fucking hung up on marriage and you know just, i I, I feel like you go into thing. relationships i don't know why either i feel like i that's a lie i feel like in my life i have done a lot of great shit yeah yeah. i think i mentioned this to someone the other day of like I have spoken at the Women's March this year in Austin. Oh, nice. I have a podcast. I have done mm-hmm. really great work in my community. I got an award last year. Like, I was going to be in a South by panel. Like, there's been mm-hmm. a lot of shit that I'm very proud of. Societal pressure is really fucking me up right now. And I didn't realize how much it would annoy me until I also I was dating my ex-boyfriend. And I posted a photo of us on the social media And that is the most liked photo I have ever posted. Mm-hmm. And people want to see you happy. I took it as I have done really great shit in my life, but the thing you like the most that I found someone to be with me. Mm. Like Mm. it's the thing of like a woman, a a straight woman or woman who is able to like be in partnership, period. Like it's this thing of like once a woman gets engaged, gets married, or has a baby, that's like the top tier level of success. Yeah, and it's this thing of like I feel like I have been very successful in other things, but I keep quote unquote failing at relationships. And mm. so right now I'm, I feel like I'm in my life of like, thirty. I don't like a day over eighteen, but
1: thirty. I mean, you literally have a golden glow from within. So
0: I've my, got the pictures to prove it. My dad calls it the I have a no bullshit tolerance, and it's just exuding out of my body. I love that you're like I just hydrate and stay out of people's business. I just I just hydrate and mind my own damn business. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I feel like it's it's that for sure of just, like, I am really, again, I'm really good at being alone. I was stuck into someone saying, like, I don't think I could quarantine with someone in my apartment right now. <gasps> no. Like. Someone in my house all the time. In my space at all times i keep a very clean house i know where everything is i'm Mm -hmm. short so everything's pulled to the front so i can reach it yeah and like when my ex used to come and stay like the weekend with me he was like almost six feet and i was like i can't reach this shit if you put it on the shelf and i need you to not or Mm -hmm. like i was very clean and he would just like come in and like throw things i'm like oh my god um it's like lear- learning how I like things, mm-hmm. having my space, quarantine new, the universe new, like, girl, you need to be single during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know it is that level of like feeling like I have been successful at everything else. Like I've knocked it out of the park, but I keep quote unquote failing mm-hmm. at finding someone who wants to be with me. I know my shit. I know what the issues are. You know, I, I mean, I, I think that
1: that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, because you're so high achieving in everything that you do but it's different with relationships, right? I mean, like, and you even said at the top of the show, you know, you've had, you've had failures in not meeting fundraising goals and you've had things that, you know, you expected to happen that didn't, those, those, ha- those are less complicated than, than making success with another human being, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a, like, it's, it's, it's constant gears that are changing and, you know, and we're not the same person from day to day and they're not the same person from day to day either. And looking at it almost formulaically of if I get this person who checks all these boxes and I do all these things, then we're all automatically going to be, you know, the, the Brianna plus who the fuck ever power couple. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's gotta be a different perspective, you know? I mean, what if you just wanted to go to the movies with someone and hold hands and make out?
0: I go to movies alone. Um, that's like my favorite thing in the world. Okay.
1: Well, what if you, what if there's something that, you know, what if you went to dinner with, what if you just let somebody take you to dinner you know, no expectations, no co-parenting, no are you going to be my partner, no any of that stuff. Just figure out what you like in people. I think that
0: she also is like, how do we get here? I also think the, the issue is like, welcome back to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Kelsey Hitchin. I know,
1: right? Today we're
0: interviewing Brianna Jenkins. Um, I th- think a lot of the time is like, I'm really good at human connection, but I'm not good at letting people. I'm not good at allowing people to love me long term. If you want partnership with me, like it's a fear of mine. Like I am terrified of not being alone. of Of my, I was saying this the other day. Like my biggest fear is that I will fall in love really hard, and it will end, and I will never be able to recover from it. And I think it's because like. I have come back from a lot of shit, like losing my mom, losing my really good friend Nick to an overdose and another friend to suicide. Like I have suffered loss and trauma and like – I'm in a group chat with loss and trauma at this point. Like mm-hmm. there's like no – but like I have love blocked. Like she can't text me. She can't reach out to me. And it's this thing of like if I keep that at arm's length, it can't hurt me. And so a lot of the time it's me – discounting again like no there's no way that that person's going to be into me or there's there's again like you can't miss what you don't want so it's self-sabotage in that way which i which i know but it's just i also sit with the thing of like what a, what if i am not enough for someone which i know is like it's me i get it but it's just this i'm narrative. going to leave the meeting <laughs>
1: Kelsey oh, yes. calls bullshit and leaves the meeting. But uh, what, what, just one thing that I do want to jump in and say yeah. is that you think that it can't hurt you, but it still hurts. It just hurts in a different way, in a prolonged yeah. way, right? In a really subtle way that you are continuing to reinforce this message to yourself that you are unlovable because you're not creating long-term relationships because you're not being vulnerable in that way. You can cut this out if you want I'm, to. I'm leaving.
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> ending it. This has been a team free. Cl- Check out the links.
1: <laughs> Look, oh. I know, I know. I had, I, you know, and and it's been interesting for me to think about how an experience that I had when I was 19 years old shaped the next 15 years of my life. Yeah. You know, and it did, and um, it was like staring at a wall at work because I couldn't do anything for a year and a half straight mm. kind of pain, you know, like it yeah. was, it was pain that I never experienced. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did the best that I could with it moving forward and growing and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I say that I've, I've, I haven't made all the best choices, which you know may or may not be true kind of yeah. depending on how you look at it. Um, but I made choices based on the information that I had at hand and I, know now at the ripe old age of 36 and three quarters um yeah uh that when you get to a place where it's worth the risk is when you'll do it you know when you'll when you, it 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 takes the work to get there and um and you'll know
0: right i Fun mean fact. so i've been in quarantine like the rest of the world follow and I was on Instagram last week, minding my own business, and <laughs> the people you may want to connect with thing popped up. And this very cute queer person popped up. So I followed them, liked a couple of photos. They followed me back, mm-hmm. like a couple of mine. And we've been like messaging here and there. But I'm Sorry? also like Is this a scoop? Have you not shared this
1: with the group? I there? have
0: been trying to work through it myself first. Like how how do you date in quarantine? How do you how back this up? How do I say anything to him? Like I haven't like we've been flirty in messages. We've been like here and there and I just wanna I feel like you have to like set the tone with people. And I haven't done that with this person yet. Yeah. Trying to like I was talking to friend, another friend today. I talked to a lot of people during the day. I yeah you have been constantly. talking to friends all day. Do you even have a job? What's what's the deal? Yeah it's called multitasking. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> I was talking to a friend earlier, and we were talking. Uh, maybe lose my train of thought about like dating and everything. And I just and I brought up this person, and like not really knowing like what to do, and like how do you like try to like start pursuing someone in quarantine? And she's like, "There's no rules here, Brie. Like just say you think they're cute. You have been enjoying your conversations and go from there." I'm like, "Okay, so yeah, yeah." I feel
1: like the the best relationships that I have ever been in is when like. I like you. You're cute. Like you make me feel feelings. Like, do you want to go out on another date? Do you want to go do a thing or something like that? And feel
0: feelings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like fucking straight up, honestly. I'm like, I don't want to date anybody else. I want to have sex with you. You know, like I wanna do this thing. I wanna go to this movie. I wanna, you know, I want to meet your mom. I want you to meet my friends or whatever, right? I mean, I think that the only way that everyone's terrified in relationships, right? Everyone's afraid of fucking it up. And um you know, the, the, the best relationships that I have ever been in are the ones where I'm just like right off the bat, like I'm a goober who tends to drink too much. And I say stupid puns and I make really good food. And you know, like I'm going to yell at you about how you load the dishwasher no matter what you do. So that's just me. And as long as I'm kind of open about it, then hopefully if they respond in kind, then it kicks something off. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least at least you learn that being vulnerable gets you to something that you like. And if it's not perfect that one time, then you get a little bit closer to what you want the next time. Yeah. A little bit closer.
0: I think that is a great place to wrap this conversation.
1: Yeah, we're getting a little deep. <laughs>
0: Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up before we start wrapping the show up? No, I'll be sure I just, to link your podcast and all will do your info in the show uh, notes. Yeah.
1: Oh, I will, I will say that, um, if I can, if I can plug the give back initiative. So, oh, yeah. um, so Kevin, Kevin McLaughlin and I have started an initiative called the give back initiative. We are, um, we are seeking to pair out of work, uh, Austinites who've lost their jobs and gigs due to the COVID pandemic with nonprofits who have shovel ready projects shovel ready being data entry translation, you know, a lot of stuff that they don't necessarily have the capacity to do with their with their own staff Um, and uh, pairing those people through donations. So I'm really hoping that people can start donating. Um, We've already Uh, funded two people, right, at at $1,000 a piece. So we've been able to give two Austinites um, who are currently out of work the opportunity to, you know, earn some work and help increase capacity for local nonprofits so that they're able to weather the storm as well. Uh, You can go to gofundme.com slash the back initiative, or you can go to... um, hitch uh, hitchinghamgroup.com and the give back initiative is right there at the top of the page so really anything that you can give and if you're an organization that needs help or somebody who's looking for work uh, you can also fill out information uh, in those places so that's my plug
0: thank you as you know i like to wrap each show with a question so what is the best advice you've ever been given or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self
1: Uh, this is a hard question I think if I had to go back and give some advice to my younger self I would say I would I would just remind myself that I know me better than anybody does and to trust my trust my choices you know a lot of people didn't understand the choices that I made and I kept explaining to them that I'm just going to keep forward keep moving forward and doing it and it's worked out pretty well. So, just reminding myself that I make good choices.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's- Thank you for coming on this week, y'all. I know you enjoyed this hour this has and a half been- long combo with me and my <laughs> yeah. best friends.
1: Yeah, you're Bree. You're just so inspirational, and I love
0: you to the moon and back. Thanks so much, Hitch. Bridge for life. Bridge for life. That's it for this week's episode of the Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Tea with Bree. Send me an email at the Bree at gmail.com and visit the website theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And a special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.